Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Good evening, Ace, and welcome to Springboard. Good evening, Albert. Thanks for having me it's, again. It's always good to see you. The sub-theme of our developmental workshop has been angry and restless. We've called, we've called for a group of angry and restless young people determined to take over this country, change it from what it is, and push on to take over the continent. Is, is there a place of people like that? Absolutely. Angry and restless. Yes. Um, Albert, uh, uh, let me make one of my more, more controversial statements. Every race that God created, major race, has broken through poverty. Largely, except one. And I'm a proud member of the one. So proud that it makes me angry and restless. Right. Now, a lot of the disrespect we receive is basically because, you see, when they call people to appear, they call people of substance, people with means. Right. Um, but somehow, maybe we were great in times past, we have not leveraged into modern day greatness. That makes me angry. Right. I want to be able to hold up my head high and not be considered a constant source of migrants in the 21st century. Right. Are we also going to be the source of migrants in the 22nd century? Right. So 2027 will be quite some ways into the new century, more than quarter of the way into the new century. What are we doing to turn this around? I am disappointed at the past failures. Our fathers, our grandfathers fought for independence. Well, to the extent that there was a fight, some did. Some got independence handed to them on a silver platter. Then soon the armed revolutionaries came in with the one-party systems and etc. etc. And we allowed them to rule and take over the reins of government. Then we found out that they actually came in and stole a lot of the stuff. They got they made themselves better and they make us better. We have an opportunity to lead and to show that we can do it better. Are we going to do better? Are we, are we going to remain cowards who will be locked up in a 6, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. curfew? Or are we going to go out there to make something out of our lives? Right. Are we going to move the, with, from the little success stories into, success, into stories of significance where you leverage what you're able to do to become significant and impact on other people's lives instead of just providing for you and your family? Right. Um, these are the things that make me angry. Africa makes me angry, makes me sad, makes me want to work harder. Health problems, we are dying from nothing. Did you see that story in Time magazine? The, the person who was on the cover of Time magazine as the person of the year for helping fight Ebola died in childbirth. Wow. And, and that, that also made, made it to the front page of Time magazine. Here she was, she fought Ebola and the whole world got to know about her. And she went to have a baby and died. Now, now these are the things that make me sad. These are the things that make me angry. That the Ghanaian or the African cannot afford to educate himself to the highest level possible. And has to settle along the line. So that where you fail becomes where you remain. Where you failed becomes where you remain. And you are simply not allowed to lift yourself up from there onto another height. Now, in, in, in falling down and failing, hey, we, I, I went through it. You remember, you know my story. But somehow the ability to pick yourself up from there to move forward look 
unless we get the education system right, unless we unless our people can be healthy, we we, we have a problem. And so I am angry, yes, very angry. Angry and restless. So for those who are angry and restless and have a clear path that they want to pursue, someone to go into medicine, someone to go into into religion, as it were, set up a church to transform society. Some have defined a clear path. Let me take into Joyce when I come back. Let's talk about this generation. And very importantly, what should they do starting from now? But I have Dr. Joyce. Are you on the line? Hello. Good evening, Doc. Good evening, Reverend Albert. It's a blessing having you on the show once again, Doc. It's a privilege to be on your show. Let me start with your thoughts on Ghana at 60. Where would you say we are in terms, on a scale of 1 to 10, in terms of how well we've done? Where will you put us? I'll put us in the middle, just below the middle. Would that be something like 4? Yes, 4 and a half. <laughs> I'm quite generous. 45% score for Ghana's performance over the past 60 years. <laughs> I think so. You know, our development has been truncated in many ways, not only by uh, military intervention, but by bad decisions and, you know, bad governance and so on. And uh, those have truncated our, our development right from the beginning. Is ref- referenced... Second Kings chapter 6 verse 1 in his submission he referenced the part where the sons of the prophets said, said to Elijah see now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us he accused us of settling for too little is that an opinion that you share that there is what the last bit again is 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 felt that as Ghanaians we tend to settle for too little when too there is little, so much more little, that we can aspire to. Is that an you opinion that you sh- we 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 are always um, you know contented with very little, and 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 you know we see it sometimes we see it as a virtue, you know that you shouldn't ask for much, but it is not a virtue. I mean, why settle for good when the best is available? Is it cultural? Why would why don't we aspire for the very greatest heights? Why don't we aspire to make it at the highest level? Why don't we aspire to play ball at the global stage? I think it is partly uh, cultural, in the sense that you know sometimes you're told not to overstep. You know that you, being ambitious is not good. You know I think what we need to tamper such advice with is that self-ambition, ambition just to promote our self-being, our self-worth, and so on, is not worthwhile. But ambition, an ambition to make an impact in life and to touch other people's life for good is something that we should strive for. After all, that's what we were created for. Good things that God prepared for us in advance to do. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ, to do good work that God prepared in advance for us to do, you know. So we are destined to do great things. It doesn't mean everybody uh, is going to be very great, but we all contribute even to the greatness of others. And when you put your hand to the wheel and somebody reaches the top, you are part of the uh, journey what would you say has been the bright spot in your opinion? What is it that we've, we've done so far that you think we can be proud of? 
Uh, what I'm proud of is that um, if for nothing at all, we recognize that for good or evil, using the ballot box to change government is the way to go. I, I said for good or for evil because somehow we have become extremely polarized, which is not good. That's what democracy is supposed to bring about. But uh, for the, you know, for what it's worth, I think that's one good thing that uh, I am, I'm proud of. I'm also proud of a sense of entrepreneurship that young people have. You know, I mean, like a daredevil kind of attitude. Like I can do everything I put my heart to for, for some young entrepreneurs. And I, I think it's very worthwhile. This has come as a result of the technology and the digital technology and so on, you know. So I think it, it's good. I'm, I'm proud of that. My yeah. son is one of them. Maybe that's why I'm proud of them. But I know many other sons and daughters like the Okrans, like the legacy and legacy young people, you know, who are striving for the utmost best. I remember uh, Springboard, you know, I mean, it started as a, 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 little, a little shoot coming out of the seed. And now it's almost like a, a baobab tree under which many people are finding not only shelter, but also uh, the fruit of the baobab tree is touching many lives. You always describe Springboard as a baobab tree. It's something you said consistently. But let me come back to <laughs> <laughs> let me come back to something that you said. I mean, you talked about an entrepreneurial bunch of young people. Doctor, you've yeah. traveled around the country and there is a, a certain cadre of young people who clearly have indicated that they want to go into the political space. We've, we've counted them. We've actually registered them for very good reason. Our objective is to actually mentor them so that we produce a different kind of politician. Because you, you, you have said that bad governance is one of your concerns. And so as, as the springboard team, we've particularly this year singled out those who have indicated that they want to go into politics to give yeah. them a different kind of narrative. Let me ask you, if somebody wanted to be in governance, in, in politics, in leadership over the next decade, what what kinds of preparation would you recommend for people like that? Any ideas for them? First and foremost, I would recommend that that person takes a good look at Ghana as a nation, our culture, our history, our human res our natural resources and ask himself or herself whether he or she is ready to really go the long hog of toiling to make things happen well. You know, I know some people who want to go into politics because it gives them instant fame. It gives them instant power. But I'd like to tell people that going to politics should make you want to influence things for the better. So I would like people like that to also read about humility, people who have practiced humility, people who plan, like Lee Kuan Yew and others, who plan, who have a vision for the well-being 
of a nation and actually plan to make things happen. It is not for the faint-hearted, and it is definitely not for the get-rich-quick. You know, you, 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 you will come to a stage where you will self-destruct. So right. I would like them to meet with people who have also practiced not politics in the party political sense, but have practiced the art of leading and have been successful in creating a core of other leaders. You know, and I will mention Dr. Otabel. I think people want to go into politics should study Dr. Otabel and how his life has turned out because of his resoluteness about what he wants to do in the life of Thank you very much, Dr. Joyce. Uh, your thoughts are invaluable to us, and we'll be, we'll be rehashing them as we go along. And in our quest to raise a generation of people, enjoy the evening, ma'am. All right, thank you very much. Thank so, you. Right. Those are the thoughts of Dr. Joyce. I um, understand our nation, the culture, the history, the human, the natural resources, and ask yourself are you willing to travel that long road? to make it happen and then also read about humility and then plan for the well-being of society take time to plan to build a better society and then i like the part where she says it's not for the faint-hearted i mean <laughs> what are your thoughts about that because yeah I, seriously um frontline politics is not for the faint-hearted because you might go in with some expectation maybe you think you're going in to make money and then you meet a president like this one who says, if, you, if, if what you're looking for is money, stay in the private sector. And so you might go in there and find that you're not making the money. All the money you're making, or the money you could make, is not clean money. Then what are you going to do? You might get in there and get frustrated. and think You, you might think you, you can change the world, but you get in there and the reality of politics begins to face up to you. You become like Trump. You want to keep them out, but the court throws your executive order out of the window. Right. What are you going to do? So, of course, it's not for the faint-hearted. Do you have your plan B, C, D to Z? So that if this does not work, I have another plan moving forward. So, yes, it is not for the faint-hearted. But the faint not being for the faint-hearted is even in life. Life is not for the faint-hearted. Life is for the brave. You want to move from one step to the other, you fail an exam, you've got to be bold enough to go back and rewrite it. You make a mistake, you've got to be bold enough to face up to it, deal with the mistake and move forward. So, so life, in, even living life is not for the faint-hearted. And I think that those lessons in life are the lessons that ought to be carried into the political space. And, and that's why I agree with, um, with Bishop Duncan Williams. You want to be a leader, show me who you've led before. You want to lead the nation, show me who you've been leader to before. Right. And I, and I, I completely agree with that, with, with that philosophy. Right. That you ought to be able to have, have established yourself in some realm before we entrust political power either through election or by appointment into your hands. Absolutely. There's a point that was also made, interestingly, about the three levels of leadership. And Dr. Otabel talked about, about personal leadership, about private leadership, and then also about public space. And he mm-hmm. actually made it sound like a sequential journey, mm-hmm. taking from Paul's words to Timothy. And so he talked about the personal, the, the blameless, the husband of one wife, that personal, you okay. being able to govern your own home. Yourself. Right. Then he went on to talk about private so that small group having led that small group so from personal to, to private oh, family small group mm-hmm. and then you can then go on into public and 
I like the part you talked about uh, from the Archbishop about who have you led. His version was that if you put a novice in power or in a place of authority and you think you are encouraging them, they themselves will self-destruct and then also destroy everybody in the process because they have not passed the personal test and not passed the private test. And so, sitting in a place of public authority, it is just too much for them. It's, it's a no-brainer. Those of who... You have a job, right? I mean, let's ask, if, if you have your private job, right. will you hire somebody who does not have the qualification to do the job? No, you won't. So why will you vote for somebody who has no experience to get into power and, 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 and make laws that they do not understand? I mean, that's a basic thing. Let, let me ask ourselves, how many of the people we vote for will we hire to run our businesses for us. For right. me, that's the test. So when, I, when, I, when I'm conducting an interview for whatever, for new lawyers, for peers, I'm looking for people with potential. I'm looking for people who are going to move forward. I'm not looking for my friend or my friend's daughter or my friend's son. If you are my friend's son or my friend's daughter, well, you're still going to have to prove yourself because this is the thing. If you get in, you will not survive because uh, let's say you know me, so I give you a job. But you might end up not being in my department. You might be in another person's department. Right. At the end of the year, when the appraisal is made, and it comes and you are no, it's not working. There's nothing I can do for you. You will leave. And I think that we have, to, we have to have the same standards or even higher standards when we are supporting people in the political space. What has he or she done before? What has he or she achieved before? To me, if you are a non-achiever and you can't point to a clear line of their work, look, look, don't vote for people to encourage them that, oh, we need to vote for the young. What has the young man or young lady done before? Right. There ought to be some track record before you entrust political power in your hands. I mean, imagine you want to, you're going to, you, you, you get to choose a pilot to fly you right. and say, Oh, or I surgeon, want the one. Surgeon. I said, you, you, A surgeon is going to be conducted on you. You are given the opportunity to choose. So I want somebody who just started school to encourage them. So, so I encourage them to perform a surgeon. I mean, really, or that to fly you. <laughs> <laughs> what should the person who has designs? on leadership in the next decade do, especially in the socio-political space, is what should people who want to make an impact 10 years from now, either in the educational space, you sit on the board of a university, or in the political space you've worked with, mentored, or and hung around a number of people in the political space, you know people who you've been with over the past decade who now are in government. What should that person who wants to make an impact either in the educational space, in the political space, in the religious space, socio-political, what should they start doing now to give them an advantage 10 years from now? Well, the first thing is to envision where you want to be. Right. Exactly what you want to be. It should be measurable. It should be realistic. Uh, um, it should be written down. <laughs> Look, <laughs> God himself, after instructing the people with voice, Called, Muhammad, called Moses up the mountain and asked him to write. And he says, and he told another one, make it plain on the top list that he may run, that readeth it. Mm. Right? So, write it down. This is where I want to be in 10 years. Then you come, you come and start, where, where, where am I right now? And realistic. Please be realistic. Don't, don't think you are where you are not. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so, tell me where you want to be in 10 years and come, come back and start, where am I now? Now, you are, the question yourself is, how do I get there? Maybe as a crow flies, or maybe in a zigzag way. Maybe I do not have the, the educational ability to be there. Maybe I do not have the personal um, the discipline to be there. How do I acquire the means to be there? Because you are not going to go from one to ten in in a day. I mean, they, they said that even God doesn't promise to take you to. I mean, God promise to take you where you want to go in one day. 
if he did that all the time, miracles will cease to be miracles. It's got to be step by step, and each step will be its own small miracle. And so, how do I get there now? So, 10 years, I want to be in politics. Why in politics do I want to be? Do you want to be a minister of state? Is it frontline politics? Is it partisan politics? Is it advocacy politics? What kind of politics do you want to be? Where do you want to be in the 10 years? Now, how do I get there? Maybe it requires advocacy. I don't speak well. I need to learn a little bit about debating skills. I need to educate myself a little bit more. Do I go back to school? Is it formal education? Is it informal education? Am I taking a course on the net? Am I taking a course in this? You know, I believe in school. Wow. <laughs> okay, I'm running. Eh? Yes, I'm I, I, I love the pace. Let me, let me summarize what you said so far. Because okay. I, one thing I knew about our springboard listeners, they write down when you speak. Oh, okay. And so somebody called one day and said, you left out point number 13. <laughs> Out of 15. <laughs> let me say good evening to Madam Evelyn. She's the one who listening, listening to... I, I like our, our, elderly, our elderly listeners who tell you we will meet this evening at the virtual university and then they ask me when is my certificate coming <laughs> and then you move from 12 to 14 without the Charlie, they called me and reminded me you left out number 13 so let me let me okay. call out the numbers so that you can get exactly what Ace has been saying I think I should get a degree in transcription number one envision where you want to be write it down plainly Habakkuk 2 verse 2 write down the vision and make it plain that it may run so envision exactly where you want to be number two come back and locate where you are presently. Mm-hmm. Locate exactly where you are presently. Number three, navigation. How Ask yourself, how do I get there? How do I get to the place where I want to be? Number four, what do I need to get there? What do I need to get there? And as you begin to identify those skills, begin to build them now. So you talked about, for instance, advocacy. So if speaking, advocacy is one of the traits that you will need to be able to operate in that field, then begin to sharpen your debating skills, your public speaking skills. So far, this is what Ace has been telling us. Ace, fire. (laughs) (laughs) So now, what happens is that because it's measurable, if you have a 10-year plan, can you break it into chunks? Right. Milestones. Yes. Is it a, a yearly review? Where was I a year ago? Where am I today? Do I need to recalibrate it? Have I achieved probably half my 10-year goals in one year, which may mean that probably my goals were too conservative? Do I have to push it up maybe from Minister of State to President because I think I'm moving so quickly? Or have I gone too slowly that I need to turn it around and see whether I can increase the speed? So there will be the need for constant re-evaluation and recalibration. Right. Is we are describing this on on radio somebody is listening and feeling that isn't this too complicated is this something I can deal with let me ask you is this personal developmental planning process complicated well yes and no it depends on where you want to do and how you want to do it you can make it unnecessarily complicated but it's a matter of sitting down identifying what those goals and landmarks are and determining how I'm going to get to one and then to two you don't go from one to seven Unless, of course, your, your, your analysis were all wrong. Um, it might involve, of course, spending money. But ultimately, it is your time. Albert, ultimately, the biggest currency we have is not CDs or dollars or pounds. It is your time mm. and how you spend it. The 24 hours that we are given at the end of every in, in, in a day is all that we need. So listen, you and I have the same currency. Right. How you use it is what's going to determine where you're going to be. Yeah, I know I have a kind of reputation that I don't sleep. 
And when I tell people that I sleep, they don't believe it. Because you always find me active. And I always believe that 24 hours is a long time. Right. And that if you want to do a lot, you can do a whole lot in 24 hours. It's, it's a matter of planning. So people ask, how are you able to do this and do that and do that and do the other? I say, it's just planning. Right. It's a simple matter of waking up my day. Look, look I don't get up from my desk in the evening without writing what I'm going to do tomorrow. In fact, the cleaner in my office knows exactly where my letter paper is stuck. If I don't put it there, he sticks it there for me. I'm that predictable. The person who cleans my office, although I've never met him, he has studied me. I'm structured. That it will be the same way at the same time. So he knows that when my little paper with my TTD, to, things to do, is on the right side of the desk, he ought to bring it back and take a paper clip and put it right there. there is that predictable? There is something I have noticed about <laughs> successful people, and that is the predictability, the routine. There, there are things that they do regularly. Structure. structure. The world is about structure. You build a structure and things will work. And so I know exactly what I'm going to do. I, I, I always make this point. Those who believe in sleeping eight hours a day are sleeping away a third of their lives. So if you are 30 and you've been sleeping eight hours a day, you've been asleep for 10 years. 10 years asleep. Wow. Now, <laughs> how about, I, uh, yeah, I have so much to do. Yeah, the 24 hours is okay. I get enough sleep. My alarm clock is set. It's 5.15. Although I often wake up before the 5.15. That, that's, that's another story. <laughs> but it's 5.15. Everything I have to do and leave home by 6.30 to beat the traffic to be in the office, sit with the team in case anybody needs some little prepping before they head off, they head off to court and then settle down and work. That is every day. Let me ask you a personal question. So for those who say, but we always see you on Facebook. What will you say to them? The, 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 that's not true. Actually, often I'm not there at all. My, I am immensely structured. As I say, I'm predictable and boring. I work 50 minutes on the hour, every hour. So between o'clock and 50, I'm working. Then I take 10 minutes off for myself. Then I check. Has anybody said something on my Facebook wall that's interesting? Or is there a fight that I need to fight? Albert, you know me, I like fighting. <laughs> <laughs> As I say, I can, I can pick a fight in an empty room. Has anybody said something that I need to respond to? Or I, can I walk around the office and have a chat with someone? Then I use that 10 minutes to do it. Then I'm right back at my desk, o'clock. Right. And I work the next 15 minutes and I'm up. But the thing is, is, I work is, is it 15 or 50? 50, 50 five, zero. 5 0. I work 5 0 minutes and I kid around for 10. Right? So at the end of the day, if I've been working for um, 8 hours, I've had over an hour to myself to fool around, chat with Albert, have a. What, have the, you know, so you might think I'm doing a lot. So the person who has no plan, who's chatting with you and, and picking the fight oh, with you you're, and, you're con- and continuing the and fight. Continue the fight. You're wasting your time. <laughs> and, and if you find plenty, me, I'll wait and come and read all your fights. And, and they respond and go back and work. And go back and work. You still have fight. <laughs> 15 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. There's always a, 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 a lighter side when we have this discussion with Ace. And if you're not used to it, this, this is what I feel when I bring you back into the studio. It's always it's always that, that light side uh, tempering that very serious angle. And so we are talking about Agenda 2027. Angry and Restless. A cadre of Imagine leaders who will take over Ghana and who will take over Africa. Hey, so let me ask you this question before we go to the phone lines. Must a person be called? Must they be anointed before they can make a difference? These change makers we are looking for to change our country. Are they born or are they made? This is leadership, right? Mm-hmm. I don't believe leaders are born. You are born with certain abilities. But true leadership is not born. It is learned. 
I mean, you, you might, like, for example, you might be a charismatic leader. You are born with charisma. But it's not every situation in life that demands charisma. Sometimes it demands sitting down, keeping quiet, and listening. Right. Sometimes it demands democratic sharing. Right. Sometimes it demands being dictatorial. Sometimes it demands being authoritative. Sometimes it demands being friendly. Is discretion the leader's greatest asset? Absolutely. The ability to look at the times and seasons to know when to apply which leadership skill mm. is what makes leaders. Now look at the Lord Christ. Mary's boy child is also the lion of the tribe of Judah. Right. Look at the two. The lamb whom before his shares is dumb is the same guy who picked up whips and assaulted and battered people. Today he'd have been arrested and jailed for assault and battery. So the same person who just suffered the little children to come, I mean, that person, gentle Jesus, meek and mild, is also the one who whipped people wild. Wow. Let me open the phone lines and let's hear from some of our listeners. Imano, what, where would you like to be 10 years from now? What kind of contribution do you want to make? Okay, I've written it down say, five years ago. I want to do the biggest financial institution in Africa. Thank you, Imano, from so many. I have Sally from Kufuridia. Sally, for good evening. Good evening. Ten years now, I'll be on retirement, but I want to go into political farming. Sally, okay, we wish you well, sir. Thank you. All right, so I have some comments I would like to share before I come back into the studio for A's to wrap up this conversation. Let me start with Akwesi Sapun of the BBC. Akwesi says, great show... Um, council's point about quality of ele- elected and appointed leadership is so poignant. In the next 10 years, as he says, I pray our electorate considers benchmarks for leadership to include characters with a proven track record. And, and he says, I won't give my key, the keys of my car to an untried driver. Is the, the point you made about the pilot and also about, about the surgeon. He says he won't, he won't try somebody who, who is not proven. Um, Yao Usansa says, Manage your time wisely, and that is the point that was made earlier on about time management. Owen Oswald Adaisis, I always find time to watch this program, it really stirs up my passion. Nana Daz Gansa, writing from Kentucky, says in 1997, the Apple company was struggling. The company came up with an ad, the Think Different campaign, and it became legendary. Maybe let me just say that that's the power of 10 years. I mean. 10 years can make a huge difference if you apply yourself. Sir Francis Drake says, what I'm gleaning from Ace is you can dream big, but you've got to act out your dream. Possibly pen it down and follow it through. Right. Maximus says, great insights from Ace as usual. Right, Ace, just to wrap up, we've been talking about Agenda 2027. We've talked about Ghana, what we've done well, what you haven't done well. For you, tonight as you you wrap up what should listeners be focusing on if they are angry and restless how can they make the desired impact over the next 10 years it's one of the most um, probably underrated and unused emotions you ought to be able to harvest your anger it is something that made you angry now your best expression of the anger is in correcting the source of the anger and making sure that the anger is, is satisfied. So you, know, so if a kid makes you angry, hitting the kid doesn't really resolve it. It's just an action out of anger. That's un, that's undirected. That's not thought, well thought of. What made the kid make you angry? You get to the root of or the source of the anger and you deal with it. So if, if the source is politicians who are not doing the right thing, if the source is you yourself having made a mistake and wanting to be better, harvest it, channel it, 
and deploy it to make sure that the root and source of the anger is dealt with. So your recommendation is harvest the anger. Channel it. Harvest and channel the anger. And so then deploy it. I will, I will write on my Facebook page, page, harvest the anger, channel it, and deploy it. I think it would be a nice writer. <laughs> harvest the anger, channel it, and deploy it. Let's have this conversation again. There's so much more that we would like to explore. But thank you for coming. And I'm, <laughs> we've, we've had fun. We've enjoyed you. I hope you've also enjoyed this all. Right. And on behalf of Comfort, Matthew, and Amos, my name is Reverend Albert Okran. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-249999000. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, Always remember, you are blessed indeed. Searching for light, the light has come.